0: Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, Souls and minds. I want to say welcome today to Christine Virtue, who is a longtime friend and mentor to me. She was a part of a campus ministry that I was involved in in college. And so when I was about, I think I met you when I was 19. You came on board when I was a freshman, and I I went to your wedding at 19 years old. You didn't know me yet. I knew your husband first. And then um, after that, you became uh, my Bible study leader and discipler during my sophomore year and moving forward. So this has been, I won't say exactly how many years that has been, but I'm thinking around 20 years ago that I met you. so Christine, I'll, I'm going to have you introduce yourself in a minute, but that's, that's how I know you. So w- what would you like to tell people about yourself?
1: Um, well, thanks, Anne. I appreciate reconnecting with you and, and Matt also and your family. It's really, I think what's encouraging to me is to see how you guys are still living out your faith and not just living out your faith, but you really have a heart to serve people, to share the gospel. And that's been really encouraging to me. Um, but like Anne said, I, my husband and I, we've been on staff for 21 years with Campus Crusade for Christ, or it's now called crew. Crew.
0: Um,
1: we have three kids, one who is 16 and just got her driver's license yesterday. Oh my goodness. I know. Big moment, big moment. (laughs) Um, my son Colin is 13 and then my youngest Kaylin is 10. Um, and we have been on staff, like I said, for 21 years, but the last eight years we have been serving in the Philippines at the international graduate school of leadership which is a crew-based seminary for missionaries and pastors to get their degree. So their MDiv or their master's in transformational leadership. Um, And what makes us a unique school is we, our students come as families. And so we build into the whole family. And so I am the director of the women's program. Mm -hmm. And so on Mondays, the wives come to our the husbands stay home and watch the kids and the wives come to class and we do everything from parenting classes, marriage classes, studying the old and new Testament, God's story, um, soul care we do. Um, so basically the women, the wives get two years of biblical training Mm -hmm. and parenting training and all those things
0: while they're with us. That's amazing. Um, I know that you and I both really have a heart for women. So you've been launched into this, uh, amazing, uh, transformational journey of helping other women, um, not just as mothers and wives, but as partners in ministry. And I, I think that's the name of the program, right? Partners yes. in ministry. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so, Yeah, no, it's, it's cool because, uh, as I was starting to say before, Christine, you're the person that taught me how to disciple women <laughs> and how to lead a, a girl's Bible study. And, you know, how to to have those kinds of relationships where you get to share your faith in relationships. So um, thank you for doing that. And then for following this call, it must've been pretty intense. I can't believe it's been eight years, but to move your family away from California (laughs) to, you know, an island where you don't know anybody, where the culture is completely different. And I think you told me at your program, you have uh, people from what, 25 different countries
1: Yes, from all over Asia. So, Pakistan, Nepal, Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. um, It's been a learning curve to learn, you know, the different cultural needs and values of the different families we work Mm -hmm. with. But it's been an honor and a privilege to work with these women Mm -hmm. and figure out ways to empower them in their marriages, in their relationship with their children, and in ministry. Yeah. So, it's been a really neat opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So, you're back stateside right now. Do you want to talk a little bit about what brought you back to California? for the time being. (laughs) Yes,
1: our family has been back since late September and that's mainly because of the pandemic, because Mm -hmm. of COVID. Um, The Philippines has handled it different um, than the US. Um, We went on lockdown in the Philippines in March, I think March 16th, Mm -hmm. we went into what they called enhanced community quarantine. And that (laughs) meant we, we had to stay in our houses. Only one adult was allowed out of the house to go get essential goods. Um, children still to this day, 18 and below are not allowed out of the house and adults 65 and older are not still not allowed out of the house due to COVID. Mm -hmm. And so we realized that we were kind of living in jail in our house in Manila. Mm -hmm. And so we came back to the U S and our my kids are still doing online school with their school in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And we are still teaching at our school because everything's online now, but we've been back due to COVID.
0: Yeah. So I I think you told me what was the big outing for your kids during lockdown? Yeah.
1: So during lockdown, since they weren't allowed out, we would sneak them. And the big outing was to go through the drive through at McDonald's or Starbucks. That was the big <laughs> outing. And they would duck in the back of the car when we go through the guard gate. So the guards wouldn't see them in the car. So we could just get them out of the house.
0: That's so crazy. So just really, really restrictive for families, like not so, not so bad for people who are like our age adults, but for families, that was really hard. So you had to consider that for your kiddos. For
1: sure. And it's still hard to watch because it's still as of now, schools are not opening in the Philippines. Kids are still not allowed out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really trying to discern what has got have for us in the next few months. Yeah, it's especially hard as things are opening up here and we're watching it actually mm-hmm. get worse there. So mm-hmm.
0: it's yeah. so you spent the first six months of the pandemic living in those conditions. Um, yes. What was that like for you emotionally?
1: Um, I think initially when it, we first went into lockdown, I didn't, I think like many of us, I was kind of like looking forward to all my family together <laughs> for the first few weeks and um, not having to commute because commuting is really challenging. The yeah. traffic is horrible in the Philippines. So suddenly we weren't commuting and all my family was together. Um, and I think for the first few weeks, I kind of enjoyed it. But the day that I um, I don't know. Then things started to get more real. And the reality began to set set in as the embassy was sending planes for Americans to get us out of the country. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of um, a unique thing that I've never experienced before. And and it was scary too, because you were like, wow, they're sending planes for us. Like, should we be getting on it? Mm -hmm. Should we go? But my lowest moment was at that point, I thought because what, why we were serving in the Philippines was education. I didn't think we would be that impacted Mm -hmm. but like I said our students were from all over Asia and we live on a small they live on a small compound like Mm -hmm. they all live in dorms on campus and so our board decided that it was best if we sent our students home and this was after about two months of our students not being able to leave campus so Mm -hmm. at that point food was being brought in for them all their essential goods were being brought to them on campus they weren't leaving the compound because it was kind of built into our minds that it was dangerous to leave. Like it's really threatening out there. Don't leave. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a really low moment for me was when on a big zoom with all our students, the president of the school told our students, we're sending you home. You Mm -hmm. have to go back to your countries because of COVID. Like we're not going to reopen. We're going to go online and you have to go home. And I remember one of the young moms that was in one of my classes, she undid her mic and she just said, I just had a baby and you're sending me out there. You're sending me into this world of COVID. And it was just heartbreaking. It's so scary. It was scary. It was sad. It was overwhelming. And I just found myself going into a depression because I just felt like, my gosh, I'm scared. I don't know. Should we be going back to the U.S.? Should we be staying? We're sending our students home. Um, What if we get COVID here? What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, so I just found myself really scared, really sad at, and the reality of COVID and its impact on us, our ministry and our family hit.
0: Mm-hmm. So when that depression hit, um, I mean, I don't really, I know the mental health field really well here. I know what supports are available, but what was available for you when you realized like, Ooh, this is depression. I don't want to feel this way anymore. <laughs> Um,
1: I think normally I prided myself on having good friends. I think what was hard at that time is we were all going through it and no one kind of knew what the answer was. No one, I think initially I was looking for someone to say, you guys need to come home. <laughs> but no one was saying that nobody yeah. knew. Um, and so, um, I wouldn't say I had a lot of resources until a counselor within campus crusade she started offering a pandemic debrief journey for international missionaries. Mm -hmm. And I just had built trust with her from previous experiences. And I thought I need to do this. And I signed up for it. It was for 10 days. It was a 10 day debrief journey right in the middle of COVID. So it was right kind of when at the beginning It was in May that I took it. Um, And it really just helped me recenter, recenter on the Lord, recenter on how to kind of walk through the pandemic. And I still, to this day, lean on the principles that I learned from that 10 step debrief journey that I did. Okay.
0: Could you tell us a little bit more? Like, what were some of the principles of the program that you did? Um,
1: I think initially she just had us build a timeline. Mm -hmm. And the timeline wasn't just, a COVID timeline, but even what was going on for you before COVID hit. And so you build a timeline of highs and lows from pre-COVID to COVID till now. Um, And we actually had just moved. Like we had just moved our family to be closer to our kids' school right before everything (laughs) shut down, which is wild. So we got to enjoy the carpool for two weeks. Oh my gosh,
0: that didn't help very much.
1: (laughs) I know, it was such a bummer. Like the primary reason we moved and then everything closed. So Um, so we had moved. And so I think what was important about the timeline was just pausing and reflecting. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy just to keep going, but that pausing and writing out and drawing out Mm -hmm. the timeline was really helpful just to, to be, and to remember. Mm -hmm. Um, she also just walked us through how stress impacts our body and it definitely, um, whether it's through emotions, physically, um, for me, it's just my brain. I feel like I can't retain as much information. Yeah. I can't remember as much as like brain, the brain fog. Yeah. Um, but it was it was helpful just to acknowledge it. And we did all of this in a Facebook group. So she would after she would kind of go through a lesson. We would then write our responses to how mm-hmm. we are handling stress or what are the observations from our timeline. And then it was super encouraging to read what other people were experiencing and then have people respond okay. and it just help that aloneness. You're like, I'm not alone in this.
0: So these are people from all over the world, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was doing it with women. I didn't know, but who yeah. were all overseas somewhere.
0: Everybody was willing to be vulnerable because you're experiencing different things depending on your context, but we're all going through this.
1: Yes. Yeah. And to, just to not feel so alone and helpful yeah. and realize other people were feeling similar yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but the one session that probably ministered to me the most was on paradox and mystery hmm. and just recognizing that during this time, we're going to feel both loss and thankfulness. So, like I said, like at the beginning, I felt thankful that all my family was together. We are getting this extra time. Yeah. There was also a lot of loss, loss in community, lost in their go- taking my kids to school, dropping them off. There was loss in, and we actually lost a student. So, like I told you, we sent our students home. Mm-hmm. And so we lost a student in transit while he was going home
0: to COVID. To India. Right.
1: Yeah, to COVID. He died of COVID in India on his way back to India. He wasn't even home yet. Mm-hmm. His wife had two, they had two young kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that really scared all of us because that just said, wow, once you go out into the real world, you might get it and die. Like, look what happened. And so it really made it real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, So just processing loss, but also there were things, just the feelings of paradox that I felt.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And then the mystery of God, and I'm still, there's still a lot of mystery for me and being okay that I don't have all the answers and being okay that. I won't always understand what God is doing, and I can put that and just process the mystery of where I'm. It's it's a mystery to me still. Like, why is COVID still so rampant in the Philippines, and why did this happen? And um, and there's still loss. So we did a whole session on loss and grief mm-hmm. and processing loss. Um, and then, even memorializing is like finding something to remember the season. Like, this has been a significant season in all of our lives. And yeah. so, it's important to memorialize and so I, and then the last session, which is important for international missionaries, because when we come home, you're, you're never sure, sure what to share with people yeah. who really wants to know what life is like and who what just can wants they to
0: handle. Hear. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> who just wants to hear God's good. You know, yeah. <laughs> so she um, had a whole session on just helping us have like a one minute answer, the 10 minute answer, and then making sure you have a friend who really wants to hear the whole story. Yeah. Um, and so it really just helped ground me back with the Lord and ground me spiritually to keep walking with God in the midst of the pandemic and it ministered to me so much. And I also did it with a buddy, which was important. So good. So a good friend of mine, I asked her to join it. And so we did it together mm-hmm. and then we would talk every week about what we were learning. Yeah. Um, and so, so that helpful. was helpful. And then we did it for our kids. We then took the sessions and did it with our kids, which was great.
0: Good. Now I know you said in a previous conversation that once you had that and you felt like that that newness of you know understanding what you're going through and then being able to process through it, that you wanted to pass it on, not just to your kids, but to other women too. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, I um, well, like I said, we sent our students home and we lost one of our own. That's how I, I say it. Like yeah. the, those students Family had number. been yeah, a family member, they had been living locked down on our campus for three months all together, and it was a bonding time. Mm-hmm. And so it did, it felt like we had lost a family member. And so, and then we're also sending our women home in the middle of their program, right? Like, so they all had, a, our first year students had another year program left. And so- I just felt like I wanted to do right by them. I wanted to give them an opportunity to process what that transition was like, leaving IGSL, going back to their home country in the middle of a pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I felt like the Lord really showed me that this, these principles were a way that I could do right by them, like I could bless them and honor that whole, their whole journey. And it's probably one of my highlights of, you know, I've gotten to do some really neat things in the Mm -hmm. last seven years and seeing the Lord show up in some neat ways, but this is probably the thing that I'm most grateful that God gave me the privilege to do is to walk these women through this pandemic debrief um, because they needed it. And they don't have the tools. Like we have access to tools. They don't Mm -hmm. have someone teaching them about grief. They don't have someone teaching them about paradox and the mystery of God and Mm -hmm how to hold them together. Mm -hmm. So it was just an honor to get to walk them through it and they
0: needed it. They needed it. Yeah. So in our context here in America, even if you're not following Christ, you have sort of like a contextual understanding of, of Christianity or of who God is in some way. And so people coming from these other cultures and countries don't even have that like basic understanding of how God operates in the world. So even though the people in your program do, they're following Christ and they want to bring Christ back to their countries, they're um, going back into a context where grief might be expressed totally differently or um, ideas about even depression or soul care would be totally different. So you're giving them a context for that.
1: Yes, for sure. There's um, a lot of shame in the Asian culture. And so mm-hmm. mental health, I would put in that category. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of, you don't talk about it. You just kind of absorb it. Yeah. Um, even like in pre COVID, I would teach a conflict conflict class, how to have healthy conflict, godly conflict. Mm-hmm. And that's all very new for them, learning how to handle conflict in a godly, healthy way. And so Yeah, or giving them tools that they just don't have access to, and it does it does change the family dynamic Mm because they're now starting to relate in new ways. And the heart of the counselor when she walked us through the pandemic was to pass this information on. So it's been amazing to me to see that I just passed it on to all these women, Mm -hmm. and they took it and ran. They used it too because Mm -hmm. they saw how much it helped them, and so they were using it. And so it's been. And then a coworker just started. She just took it all and is doing it for women in India because India Mm -hmm. is doing really bad in COVID right Right. now. And she has a lot of women who are hurting. And so Mm -hmm. she is now running the program for women in India. So Mm -hmm. it's been amazing for me to see how God has used just the simple steps to help people really with mental health. Yeah. And it's so needed right now.
0: So this kind of reminds me of when I was in college and you and the other crew staff were teaching me about spiritual multiplication and how, if I reach somebody in my dorm, then that person would go on and reach somebody else. And and that's how we uh, win for the kingdom of God, like that there's, you know, it's not just you, it's the people that you reach in your sphere of influence. And then that spreads. And so it's kind of cool to hear you talk about this because now mental health is my field. And, and you're showing me how it's not just about like telling people about Jesus, but it's about bringing some of these resources because Jesus wants us to be healthy and whole and healed. And yes. so we can bring that in, in that sense of multiplication as well.
1: No, I, I love that you made that comparison to spiritual multiplication. Cause in my mind, it, it, we are bringing the gospel with the, mm-hmm. with these tools. Like I was teaching, um, these women in evangelism class right when the pandemic hit. Yeah. And so I was finishing that evangelism class on Zoom. And I remember saying to them, You guys, we now, the whole world has something in common. The whole world has walked mm-hmm. through COVID. Yeah. And you have a natural entry point with every single person to just say, Gosh, tell me how COVID impacted you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How did that impact your view of God? Yeah. What is your view of God? Like there are so many avenues to the gospel, gospel now just through the pandemic. You
0: can literally then, talk to anyone, right?
1: Right, right. <laughs> like how unique is that? Like it's yeah. not, I would never have hoped or wished it was a pandemic that bonded mm-hmm. everyone, but mm-hmm. you can go anywhere and connect with someone over mm-hmm. it. And with the tools of this mental health, you could actually help someone walk through it and then yeah. see the Lord in it. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I'm with, it's to me, it's just, it is a way of sharing our faith and sharing the gospel
0: mm-hmm.
1: and offering them soul care. I mean, that's what we ended up calling the class soul care.
0: Soul care. I love that because that's actually, you know, the name of the podcast is soul grit because it, like our soul is the, the part that ties in to our heart, mind, spirit like all the, the basic functions of humanity is tied up in your soul. And this, we talk about our souls being, you know, saved to be with Jesus in eternity, that, that kind of thing. But it, it is functioning here. And what we learn, even before going through a pandemic, what we learn is we have to have grit you know, you have to have resilience and strength to persevere. And, and we get that from our relationship with God. So um, that, I mean, that's the point of this. So I always ask people like, what do you do for soul care? And, you know, people have different uh, responses for that, but this is a whole program that was dedicated to soul care yes. and teaching that. That's, that's really cool. So I mean, just having been an international missionary for all this time, um, and being a stateside missionary before that for the last twenty-one years, um, what do you think it's like for missionaries that are serving overseas to need counseling, to need therapy?
1: Well, it depends. Are you talking about American, like intern, like American missionaries?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's our context basically. So like when you see your callings go out to other places and then they encounter hard things, because I know once, once you're serving the kingdom in this way, like your marriage is attacked, your parenting is attacked, your finances, your health, like all of these different um, things become so difficult that most of us that stay here in the States. And even if we're serving in ministry, we don't have that same level of difficulty and separation from our loved ones. So uh, how have you seen those needs met, or maybe they're not?
1: I actually think it's really hard. Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard and it's been magnified because of the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's been, that's a a grief point for me or a great Mm -hmm. part of loss is just watching Um, our friends really were all struggling trying to discern what does God want for all of us now Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, like I was telling people like Brian and I were not questioning living there or calling at all pre-pandemic we were loving what we were doing we were thankful to be there our kids were thriving Um, and so now to find ourselves kind of hanging in the balance it's hard Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and so my heart and desire is to now kind of even with um, the moms of my kids, friends, or other families, I guess, serving Mm -hmm. in the Philippines, I want to ask them, like, let's start processing together. Like, what are we thinking about going Mm -hmm. back? How are you handling it? What do you feel like you need going back? What, Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to all kind of unite Mm -hmm. (laughs) and get talking together Mm -hmm. because we need each other. Essentially, we really need each other. If we're going to keep walking through this pandemic together in Manila. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess what I'm ultimately saying is community. We need yeah. community and connection and vulnerability and honesty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, cause I think it's been hard on all, every family, on every marriage, on, an, on every kid, we've all been displaced and disrupted.
0: Mm-hmm. When you already live kind of a disruptive life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like yeah, we I talk- appreciate you recognizing <laughs> that. <Ann. laughs> we talked about, uh, Kaylin, your youngest, um, being like the true third culture kid of your family, because your older two were older when you moved out of the United States. But Kaylin has, she was a toddler when you went there. Right. Yes. And she's she grown up. Old. Yes. Yeah. She's grown up in that culture. And so she doesn't really remember anything different except for times that you've been back. Mm-hmm. So the, the disruption of each family member's life is like at a different kind of like a different point, right? (laughs) Yes, for sure. Yeah.
1: And I, and that's hard as a mom, it's hard to navigate. It's hard to walk through. I think, um, we, I mean, I think increasingly over time, my kids would, I were identifying more third culture, but this Mm -hmm. round being back We definitely feel it the most. Um, We don't know what's in style clothing wise. We don't know. (laughs) Like my son just went to youth group and they were all on TikTok and we're not on TikTok. And So there's just um, someone asked my daughter, does she have a cell phone number they can call? And no, she doesn't have phone. So it's the most (laughs) um, the best way to describe it. It's like we're in a fishbowl and we are looking out. Like Mm -hmm. we're watching and we kind of belong out there, but we kind of don't. Like. Mm
0: Um, although I do have to say, if Colin gets a TikTok, I'm going to follow him. <laughs> <laughs> he would be, he would be he fun a TikTok. funny kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, and
1: you heard him share at church. Mm-hmm. He talked about paradox, which I love mm-hmm. because he got that from when we went, took the kids through the soul care, he learned about paradox. And yeah. so that was my fun moment when he used that on his own. I love that.
0: And I loved <laughs> when he said, um, I'm a, what's the word? An extrovert. That's the word, right? we're like yes Colin you are an extrovert everybody can tell <laughs> definitely definitely
1: and it's been hardest on him the pandemic's been hardest on him for because sure he's because he's an extrovert <laughs> yes and he learns with others right like that's how he learns and so when you think we've been doing this for a year and a half as many all of you in the US have it's been hard
0: yeah
1: um but yes we definitely feel the third culture the most now than we've ever felt it yeah
0: Man, that's hard so um if somebody else wanted to have access to this soul care debrief the pandemic debrief is it out there for anybody or you have to actually you know be a crew missionary serving overseas um they could get it through you i could give you the
1: outline um And you could have, they could get it, I think through you. Um, now we, I took the outline and, and also when I did it, she had teaching videos Mm -hmm. and that went along with it. Mm -hmm. And we had worship songs that went Mm -hmm. along. So it was kind of like a step process. Like you would watch her teaching video and then the worship video, and then she would have an activity and then a Mm -hmm. processing activity. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, to me, it's a, It's a community-based program. It's really Mm -hmm. more beneficial to do with someone Mm -hmm. rather than on your own. But I think you could benefit on your own also. Um, So I could send you the notes and the outline and you would have access to that. The teaching videos I can't send out. But
0: yeah, maybe I'll get in contact with that counselor and see if she's going to offer it to anybody else. And that'd be great. Yeah. Any other resources or... anything that you think has been helpful for people in your situation I know it's kind of unique but
1: I mean I really do think um the community piece and processing with others. Cause it's funny. I did this pandemic debrief when I was in Manila and I was doing it with missionaries who had come home to, in the U S and so it was interesting hearing them process, like living with other people and living out of a suitcase. And so it actually kind of gave me a window into what my life would look like when I came back. And yeah. that's me now. <laughs>
0: that's what it looks like now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, I would just say, if you have interest or if you're struggling really it's important to allow the space Mm -hmm. it's really space to allow yourself to process and to reflect and to um, kind of be guided through the feelings and guided through what's going on Mm -hmm. and be reflected but also to do it with someone so you're not so alone because I think the pandemic has caused a lot of aloneness
0: Well, I know that there's a lot of people who have lost relationships during this time, or have lost their church community during this time, and so they might feel like there's really nobody that I could reach out to to go through this with. So, I mean, that's where professionally I would come in and say, well, you could get a Christian counselor. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'll walk through it with you. I know other other. Um, people who are mental health professionals who are dedicated to Jesus that um would walk this with you. And so sometimes when you can't find the community that you need in your natural life, you yes. you go find it professionally for a while. Yes. And th- and sometimes that's the step that you need to be able to re-enter like at a healthy level, like find your community, find your people again. Because you, yeah. you've been broken and wounded and you need somebody to walk alongside you to, to kind of bind you up and get you ready for your next launch.
1: <laughs> no, that's a great way to say it. And I think a counselor was the one who started this, right? Yeah. Like I couldn't have got there on my own. I wasn't getting there on my own. I wasn't getting there even in within my community in the Philippines. I needed a counselor's help mm-hmm. and she helped guide us through it. And it was significant. And yeah. I will be forever thankful. Yeah.
0: It's both and right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And honestly,
1: and my heart would be, even as I'm sending my kids back into youth group and programs is I would love to see youth workers acknowledging the mental health and mm-hmm. with kids. Yeah, I would love for them to be talking about how the pandemic has impacted them yes. and their views of God. Mm-hmm. I think it's a miss if we just go on. As normal, if we just have youth group and play games and talk about, you know, give a talk. I think there there's an opportunity to really um, minister and bless and honor what we've all just walked through. Yeah. Because again, collectively the world has. And so every single person has been impacted by this.
0: That's a really good idea. I think we need to find somebody for me to interview on that topic. (laughs) I
1: love that. I'll listen. I will be there.
0: Or maybe you can hook me up with somebody.
1: (laughs) I have yet to see, my kids have been to two different churches and they've got some amazing workers, but I have not, I've yet to see anyone really Mm -hmm. ministering into that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like that would, kids would feel seen. They've been impacted by this too. They've really, everyone has been. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, you know, it's, it's just another form of trauma. Like we have had a global trauma. And like you said, there, you can't talk to one person who hasn't been impacted by this. And so one of the things that I'm starting to see come up is that, uh, like we talk about trauma-informed care. So as a counselor, I need to know how trauma works in your body and how that plays out in your life. If I'm going to be sensitive to what you really need in therapy, um, it's the same in ministry. So whether you're a a youth pastor or a senior pastor, or, um, you work in a church office or you're in a parachurch ministry or a missionary, whatever it is, like you need to be trauma-informed at this point like even pre-pandemic it was becoming more uh known that this was a a need in ministry and now that we're mid hopefully getting towards post-pandemic like this is going to be a training that uh, ministers need at all levels yes
1: so no and i um have seen a few counselors in my day. And I can tell with how you are talking and connecting to me, you're, you're good at what you do.
0: Thank you, Christine.
1: I can hear it. I can hear it. And your sensitivity and awareness. And I appreciate it. I really well, do.
0: It takes all sorts of different experiences, right? Like, like a couple of years ago I got trained in EMDR. So that I would understand the full whole first part of getting that training is just understanding what trauma is and what it does to your body. And then you learn the techniques to kind of clear it out. And so like that uh, of all, all things that I've done in the last 10 years, probably was one of those turning points where I'm like, okay, I understand the world differently now. And so being able to combine that with what, you know, about Jesus's healing power and the power of the gospel it's like, it's dynamite. I'm going to say that over and over again on this podcast. Right?
1: <laughs> I love it. No, I totally agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Yeah.
0: It's powerful. It is. And I want more people to have access to that. So what you're doing, you're, you're spreading it. You're multiplying. I'm hoping to multiply here through the airwaves.
1: <laughs> I love and, it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I, res- I respect and appreciate your heart. Um, and I experienced that when I was with your family and I experienced your heart for the Lord and wanting others healing. Essentially yeah. you want healing with the gospel. And
0: yeah.
1: to me, that is the power of the gospel. That yeah. is the beauty. Um, and yeah, I love it. And I, when I look back, honestly, when I look back at when I was at Stanford with you and I was at Cal Poly slow before that I had, how I shared the gospel. It was, it was real to me at the time, but I would share, share it so differently now. Yeah. In a much more meaningful, um, yeah, it would. I it just wouldn't be the four laws. It would just Almost be way more, more
0: sensitive, right?
1: Yeah, more sensitive, sensitive, em- empathetic, um, thoughtful, and wanting to understand people. I mean, people yeah. are complicated, have complicated stories, yeah. and where is God showing up in that story? I think would be mm-hmm. more my approach now, yeah, than just. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, which is true, but
0: it would just look very different. I I mean, like when you say that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, I get goosebumps because it was such so formative for me during that time just to have a tool. But, you know, I haven't gotten out the booklet in (laughs) probably 15 years or more because your like story is so much more important in relationship and like Even with people you don't know, as you were saying, like you can ask anybody, what's your pandemic experience been? And now you have an entry point or yesterday at the park with the kids, all I said to another mom was your little girl is so adorable. And we got to talking. She ended up praying for me. (laughs) Yeah, but you can, I mean, I would look for other opportunities to pray for somebody else, but like, it was really blessing to me that you can just like at the grocery store. Okay a lot of people can't do this, but extroverts can do this. I can can talk to people at the grocery store, but even if you're not that type of person, that's going to go up and talk to strangers. Like you have something that you can connect with people on and that's how you're going to win people for the kingdom.
1: Right. And And like I, like we've said, people have been isolated and alone and are craving connection and not just, I don't think small talk, they're just craving to be seen. Right. And so such a simple, avenue. I I don't, yes, but I'm an extrovert. So it is easier for me than my (laughs) introverted husband, but just, I think there's a lot of avenues now to talk about the Lord and to talk about the gospel in a meaningful way that connects to someone and their journey. I -hmm. think you could. The pandemic, you know, has caused a lot of loss and a lot of suffering, but I think we can, God can use it for good too.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. So before we wrap up today, I wanted to ask you, this is kind of maybe redundant because of our conversation, but I always ask a guest, what are you doing for soul care? That is a great question. Um, I talked to my friend who's a
1: counselor, actually, she's a trauma counselor. (laughs) I just got off the phone with her before I talked to you. So we talk, um, once a week and honestly, that has blessed me a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm reading a book. I'm trying to, um, I'm a reactive person and I like to make things happen. And right Mm -hmm. now God has me in a place of just waiting. We, our family doesn't know if we're going back to the Philippines or not. And I don't do very good at that. (laughs) And so I'm just trying to wait, stay connected to the Lord and to people. I would say that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm doing.
0: So in the waiting, you said you're reading a book. Yes. You're staying connected with your people.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I'm working hard actually right now to help my kids get connected, reconnected. Yeah. And that's yeah. probably taking most of my energy It's mm-hmm. just helping them because um, it's not easy. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to reenter back into a world as a third culture kid. So yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I texted you this, but after we met with you guys a couple weeks ago, my daughter said, When are they coming to our house? (laughs) I know that uh, you have a 10 year old and I have an 11 year old. And so, um, according to my 11 year old, the invitation is open for coming to hang out and be friends.
1: (laughs) We would love to come. If you know anyone who needs a house sitter, we can. I know, I know.
0: Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) We should just leave our house so they could use our house. so funny and you would need a house but yes you I'll know just anyone, go you live can. with my mom <laughs> that's what we've been doing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay well Christina so it's been so nice to reconnect with you and to have this conversation that I'm really hoping will bless different people because we just don't know who's listening and what situation they're in and and what is going to spark hope in them and so that's really what what we're here for is to spread more hope through the gospel and through mental health. And so thank you for being here.
1: No, I appreciate, and I appreciate you reaching out to us and just reconnecting. I've enjoyed it a lot in his blessing. So thanks.
0: The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources you can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.